1: Welcome to The Inner Life on Relevant Radio.
0: Hey, glad to have you along here on The Inner Life for this Friday, our hour of spiritual direction here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Now, are you the kind of person who shops around for the best deal? Do you compare brands? Do you look up ratings? Do you read reviews of a product before you buy it or do you just go out and buy the first thing that you see? Whatever it is you need, you just find it, grab it, doesn't matter what the price is or what the quality is. If it meets your needs, that's good enough. And of course, that might it might depend on how expensive the item is or what it's for. That might make a difference if you shop around for the best price and the best quality versus just going for the first option that you stumble across. My wife, Baylen, she was recently checking to see if we might have any better options for our, our homeowner's insurance. And we have our home and our auto insurance through the same company because they give you this discount if you bundle more than one policy through them. And so Baylen had called them and three or four other companies to compare, but in the process of looking into options for our homeowner's insurance, she actually discovered something about our auto insurance. And in speaking with our current coverage provider, The agent told her that he saw something on our auto policy that he rarely sees anymore. He said that because we have been customers for over 20 years, along with both of us having clean driving records for all those years, our auto insurance is set up as a guaranteed renewal. And the agent explained to Baylen what this means. Even if we had a run of bad luck, each of us getting into several traffic uh, accidents or getting a bunch of traffic tickets over the next few months— even if we're the ones at fault, their company could not cancel. They couldn't drop us from our policy. The only way that we could lose our coverage is if we didn't pay our premium or if we decided to cancel the policy ourselves. That guaranteed renewal. We both were pretty happy about that. It's a sure thing for us now because we've been safe drivers because we've followed the rules of the road, the traffic laws, because we don't drive recklessly. We follow the speed limits. Well, we kind of hover close to the speed limits, but because we've done everything we're supposed to do as drivers, we now know that we're guaranteed coverage for our cars for the rest of our lives. And wouldn't it be nice if all things in life worked out that way, if everything you're supposed to do, if you follow certain rules and, and you do what you're supposed to do, you can take out a policy and get guaranteed insurance coverage on anything in your life. You know, your day that you planned to spend at the beach, it got rained out, that's okay because you're insured for that. You'll get a refund on all of the time and money you put into planning your weekend getaway. You only got four hours of sleep last night and even that was broken up because the baby was crying through the night? No problem. You're insured for loss of sleep. You'll be reimbursed with four more hours of sleep and you get a loner babysitter to watch the baby while you snooze. You get into a rough patch with your spouse. You have marriage insurance for that. It'll all get fixed. You'll be back to a a loving, happy relationship in no time. It's no worry. You're covered. Now, I know life doesn't work that way. We have very few guarantees in our lives. But if you do follow certain rules, if you make certain good choices in life, you really do give yourself a good chance. You have those strong odds that things can turn out well. They can go according to plan. And while you might not be able to actually buy a real policy for your marriage, There can be some good advice that can help you, give you a pretty solid guarantee on building and maintaining a healthy marriage. And that's what we want to discuss today here on The Inner Life, some really practical ways that you can work to ensure success in your marriage. And joining us is our spiritual director for the hour today, uh, Father Rocky, very familiar voice here on Relevant Radio, Uh, Father Francis Hoffman, but uh, again, on the air, I think everybody knows him as Father Rocky. He's a priest of Opus Dei. He's the chairman and CEO here of Relevant Radio and the host of the Family Rosary Across America that you can hear each evening at 7.30 p.m. Central. Father, glad to have you here on the program. Thanks for uh, joining us today.
2: Great to be with you, Josh. Uh, Thanks so much. And uh, I just learned a ton about insurance. I didn't know if you had a clean driving record for 20 years. It's automatic renewal. But what a great sense of security uh, you have with that. But you also realize that um, you had to do something on your own part to make that happen.
0: Right. Well, and so all this week, uh, actually last week too, we've been talking about how you are offering anybody who registers a free book. You've written this book, Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By. And if anybody wants to get it, they can just go to relevantradio.com. They can go on the Relevant Radio app and just click on the banner and register and we'll send it absolutely free. Uh, no shipping, no charges of any kind. It's it's yours. But Father, as we're looking at this book and want to tell people they can get it, why'd you choose that title, Marriage Insurance? Why why the insurance kind of route Did you did you choose that? Sure.
2: No, that's great. And um, I, I hope everybody gets a copy of the book because it's free. Go to our website, relereo.com or app, and you get it while supplies last, and we pay the shipping and handling. So this developed over time, like most of my books have developed over time, like the one I wrote last year, Married the Crossroads of History. Um, for I've been a priest now for about 30 years, and before that I did pastoral work as a layperson in Opus Dei. So I've been around families and couples for years and years and years. And as a priest, I have officiated – at hundreds of weddings. And over the course of time, i basically developed a very standard homily that I give at the weddings because usually at the wedding, it's a whole new group of people, so they haven't heard the homily before. And I would give them advice of things that I saw that might help them persevere in their marriage and have a happy marriage and a faithful marriage. And um, I, these are things I observed in my own parents' life. I observed it in the lives of other people who had happy and joyful and successful marriages. And I also got some advice from her friends uh, who had heard these homilies and gave me some other tips. And then I s- started thinking, gosh, wouldn't it be great in this day and age if you could have a bulletproof marriage? Right? And Once upon a time, uh, when you got married, um, it was almost unheard of that people got divorced. I remember growing up as a kid, maybe in our hometown of Mundelein, um, maybe we knew of one family that was divorced. It was just like unknown, right? And then on January 1st, the year 1970, the governor of California, who at that time was Ronald Reagan, who would later become president of the United States, signed into law a very bad law. It was called no-fault divorce. Previous to that point, you had to demonstrate that you had cause for filing a divorce uh, in a civil court. But uh, when this came across, you didn't have to. You didn't. All you had to say is, "I want out." And Unfortunately, that spread across the country in no time and within a decade, the divorce rate of marriages was like uh, 50 percent and it really destabilized uh, marriage and family life in our country and I think it's the leading cause for poverty and uh, many human sufferings. And so we know that as the family goes, so goes the church, so goes as the church goes, so goes society. And what I was very interested in is what can we do to um, strengthen marriage, to avoid divorce, because the civil law destabilizes it in and of itself. And I started looking around. And I I just came up with the idea of insurance. You know, how about if the day you got married, you pay me $1,000, and if your marriage ever breaks up in divorce, I will pay you a million bucks, right? You pay a small part on a premium. If you have a bad day, you know, they, they, they pay you back. So you've got a car. You're going to pay a thousand dollars for insurance a year, I suppose. And if you're in an accident, um, they cover the cost of the car, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, as the case may be, right? Well, I thought the same thing would be true for marriage. And I said, there's only one caveat to get the million dollar payout. You have to follow these 12 rules. And so I came up with these ideas. And it's not an exhaustive list. You could come up with other rules. And uh, some of them are easier than others. Um, but they certainly based on uh, years of observation and um, experience. And um, so that's, that's why I've written the book. I'm really happy that we can re-release it. This is the second edition, the first edition. Right. I think we distribute it to three or 4,000 people already. We have tens of thousands of people who have asked for copies of this book, so I'm very, very happy with our marketing department and our programming department that allows us to get these books out into people's hands because I think it will do people a great deal of good.
0: And I I want to mention again, if somebody just joined us, uh, the book that we're talking about, Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By with uh, CEO and chairman here at Relevant Radio, Father Rocky. And the book is absolutely free. All you have to do is register online. Just click on the banner that you see at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. And maybe before we dive into some of what you've written in the book, Father, we can talk about marriage itself being one of the seven sacraments. And as I was thinking of marriage, it just seems to be so unique compared to the other six. The other six sacraments they seem to be very directly geared in in our relationship with God. You know, baptism, that sacrament of initiation, it welcomes us into the family. We're sealed with the Holy Spirit in confirmation, confession. It allows us to repair uh, our our relationship with God. The Eucharist, we receive Christ himself physically. Um, Anointing of the sick, that's where we ask God to heal us physically. And holy orders, we've got bishops and priests and deacons to help us with our relationship with god marriage it seems primarily directed between the two people the husband and the wife but why why is this a sacrament what's the grace you know anytime that we talk about a sacrament there's actual grace that's received there how does that take place in the sacrament of marriage
2: good those are great questions so it maybe it's helpful for um, our audience just to review what is a sacrament, I like to use the very simple um, definition I learned. Uh, As a youngster, it's in the uh, Baltimore Catechism, which borrows really from the Roman Catechism, the the Council of Trent. But it hasn't changed. A sacrament is an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. So what do we mean by an outward sign? Something you can see, smell, touch, feel, taste. Right? It's an outward sign. It's not just an idea, it's an outward sign instituted by Christ to give grace. So we ask, you know, well, when did Christ institute the sacrament of baptism? We look to the sacred scriptures for indications there. And uh, the most common uh, uh, take on this is his presence at the wedding at Cana, blessed, um, uh, blessed marriage as a sacrament. Even before it's a sacrament, it's a natural institution, has its own characteristics. So what does it mean to give grace? Grace is a participation in God's nature, and there are different types of grace. There's sanctifying grace for the soul that is in the state of grace. There are actual graces, momentary, discrete, particular helps from God in a moment to help you do something good. And there are charismatic graces, which are gifts that God gives to people or organizations so they can do good on behalf of others. That's kind of the general idea of Grace 101. And the particular graces or actual graces we need marriages on a daily basis. How to get along with people, how to work with people, how to trust people, how to forgive people, how to love people, right? And within a marriage. And so in the sacramental system uh, that uh, Jesus Christ established, which is passed down by the church, we say there are seven sacraments. And I like the number seven. It's a very Catholic number. There's seven sacraments. There's seven days of creation. There's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And whenever I score a 7 on a par 3, I play golf. Instead of getting depressed, <laughs> I say, well, 7 is a very Catholic number. Right. God wanted that right. uh, that to happen. Sure. I always look for the good in the bad, right? Okay. And uh, I know it sometimes drives people crazy. I say, Father, why are you always happy and putting a good spin on things? I say, that's my job. <laughs> I always try to look for the good. All right. So there are seven sacraments. And there are different ways you can categorize those sacraments. In the old um, catechism, they were called sacraments of the living and sacraments of the dead. Sacraments of the living you could only receive worthily and fruitfully if you were in the state of grace. Sacraments of the dead you could receive if you're not in the state of grace, such as confession, right? Now, what the Church is emphasizing with the New Catechism of 1992 is there's three categories of sacraments. Sacraments of initiation, sacraments of healing, and sacraments at the service of the community. So what are the sacraments of initiation? Baptism, Holy Eucharist, and confirmation. That gets you going. That gets you started. What are the sacraments of healing? The sacrament of confession and anointing of the sick. And then there's two sacraments at the service of the community. Holy orders, by which a man is ordained as a deacon, priest, or bishop, and um, uh, marriage, by which a man and woman commit themselves to love each other exclusively to the rest of their life. And the grace from those sacraments help them to do that. And that's why when you have a Catholic marriage, you need to have witnesses there because it's not just between the man and the woman, although it is uh, essentially so. It's not only that. It's because it has a community effect. They're going to bring children to the world who become part of the community, and, and their job is to get those children in heaven. That's why you have to have at least three witnesses, the priest, who normally is the pastor of the parish, where they reside or where they're getting married, and the two witnesses, typically we call it the best man, and the, uh, the, the maid of honor. And that was the case of my parents' um, uh, wedding uh, back in 1942 at the very beginning of World War II. My father was on an army base. My mother took a train from Chicago out to the West Coast. They found a priest. They found two witnesses. He got two 12-hour passes off base. They got married. And um, you know, nine months later, my oldest brother was born. And four years later, my father came back from uh, the war. And I like to tell people that you know, in terms of the wedding, it doesn't have to be a big deal. But you have to be very well prepared for it, and the grace of the sacrament will help you carry through in all of that. And so, um, you know, whenever I'm presiding at a wedding, before I uh, coach the husband and the wife to um, exchange their vows, I read and state those vows to everybody in the church. I said, in a few minutes, you two are going to look at each other, you're going to hold your right hands, and you're going to say, I, Joe, take you, Mary, to be my wife. Then I say, so far, so good. I promise to be true to you. So far, so good. In good times and in bads. And then I look up, I look at everybody in the congregation I said, folks, there is no asterisk here and there's no footnote. It doesn't tell you what the good times are and it doesn't tell you what the bad times are. This is a carte blanche. This is a blank check. This is a big, big statement here. I promise to be uh, true to you. In good times and in bad. When they're good, they're really, really good. Birthdays, vacations, celebrations, marriages, Uh, promotions, a new house, a new dog, chocolate chip cookies, a rainbow, fireworks, parades, a splash in the pool, a romantic night out at your favorite restaurant by candlelight, you know, a 20-year-old bottle of champagne that your neighbor gave you. When it's good, it's really good. When it's bad, it can be really hard. It can be illness. It can be infidelity. It can be mental illness. It can be failure. It can be humiliation. It can be all sorts of things. Yeah, Poverty. And poverty. Yeah. Although I've often found when people are dirt poor, they actually can be very, very happy. That's my experience in Mexico in those 15 summers where people literally have nothing. Such joyful, joyful people. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that
0: before. I've seen that, too. I've uh, also—you know, Father, that our youngest son, right after he was born, spent some time in the NICU um, at a children's hospital. Joseph, right? That's right, Joseph. And we were talking with one of the people there uh, before he was born, just kind of going through, getting some information so we could plan ahead, knowing that he was going to have this operation right after he was born. And— the man, the doctor that we were talking with, he actually said that it's really interesting, the people who are more affluent, who have, you know, more money, they can pay for things, they have insurance to cover all of the operations that are going to happen or anything like that. He said, they're the ones who really struggle with bringing their children into the children's hospital. It's the people who don't have much, who know that, well, I'm not in control of so many other factors in my life because I don't have much money, I don't have the insurance to cover this, I have to just trust and rely on God's providence. They're the ones who actually have a better attitude coming in and saying, you know, if this is going to work out, it's, it's all in God's hands. It's, it's really up to Him, and so I'll just trust And you
2: know, him. I've heard that comment before, uh, Josh, from doctors who are working in the cancer uh, units, they would much rather take care of someone who has faith than someone who has no faith. So it's much, much easier. So that's um, that's, you know, that's part of it. But, you know, what beautiful vows. I promise to yeah. be good to you, uh, you in good times and bad, for better or worse, and, and sickness and health, till death do us part. And I, I tell the crowd, is that possible today? Can people really do that? And it's only with God's grace. And that's why we're here. And then I tell the people in the audience or the congregation, and what's your duty, all of you out there, to pray for them? And then if you ever hear someone say any bad news about either one, your job is to say, oh, no, that can't be right. I've never seen that at all. I said, don't put gasoline on the fire to drive people apart. You know, spin the news in a good way. And that's being, it's not being Pollyannish. It's being sowers of peace and joy. And I really appreciate people in my own life who have that ability to steer the conversation to more positive vibes because there's always positive in something, right? Things are not can never be completely negative, And that's what can drive people apart. And so – um, other people who are involved in the marriage, in-laws, friends, neighbors, and things like that, we have a duty to help people. Stimulate. I was listening to Timory last night on her show. Um, she's profound. I don't know where she gets all her stuff at such a young age. But um, you know, you're saying even if you think the marriage has grounds for annulment, you should really try to find it out because that way you're going to grow in love for Christ and the cross. I thought that was really quite profound. Mm,
0: that, that is, and yeah, Timory, She, <laughs> I think she's the youngest person on the air, and probably she, in America, uh, maybe. But yeah, she she's brilliant. Um, if you want to listen to t- uh, trending with Timory, she's on every evening, actually, right before the Family Rosary Across America, six p.m. Central. Mm-hmm. Um, Father, we've got twelve rules. I know we're not going to get to all of them here in this hour, but let's uh, coming up in just a moment. Let's start kind of diving into a few them and talk about what's in this book. And I'm also going to open up our studio lines here at 888-914-9149. What's helped you, especially if you've been married 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, what's helped you to remain happy and healthy in your marriage? Uh, What advice would you give to newlyweds or maybe to an engaged couple as they're Mm -hmm. looking ahead at marriage or maybe you're struggling in your marriage? and you'd like some advice, you'd like some help, and that's why Father Rocky is here as our spiritual director for the hour. Again, our studio line, 888-914-9149. Our email address, relevantradio.com, and we'll continue talking about marriage insurance and these 12 rules that we can live by in our marriages right after this here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. That takes me back right there. Because when I was growing up, it was those kinds of songs that were the classic rock uh, station that we'd listen to on the radio. Now it's stuff that was playing... Fresh when I was a kid, Billy Joel, that sort of thing. I feel so old now. Um, thanks, Nick. Uh, hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome to The Inner Life. And we're talking with uh, Relevant Radio Chairman and CEO, Father Rocky, and talking about a book that we're offering for absolutely free Marriage Insurance 12 Rules to Live By, and how we can have those happy, healthy marriages. And again, that book is absolutely free. If you'd like your own, copy. You can go to RelevantRadio.com or you can go on the Relevant Radio app. And if you haven't downloaded the app, let me encourage you to do that because it's absolutely free. And not only can you listen to the live programs, you can go back and listen to any of the podcasts of any of our programs. Uh, You can find all kinds of other audio options there that you can listen to, different short podcasts. And then there's a whole section of spiritual helps there on the right-hand side under a button that says Pray. Uh, It has all kinds of different uh, text, prayers, audio prayers, um, has things that you can pray with, even has a confession helper, if you want to be able to reference that, and you know prayers before Mass, prayers after Mass, there's so much there. So uh, if, you, if you don't have the relevant radio app, I can't recommend it enough. Download it on your mobile device. But when you're there, click on that banner for Marriage Insurance, and you can get that book for free. And so, Father, as we continue talking about the 12 rules that you have here in this book... First of all, uh, you know, in one hour, there's no way we're going to be able to go through all 12. So out of the 12 of them, is there one or maybe two that you think are the most important?
2: Um, And I've been asked that question before. For some reason, the weekly date always uh, comes right to my mind first. And maybe that's because when I was a kid, I saw that my parents would go on a date every Saturday night. Now, I was the youngest of eight kids. I don't know if they did it when they had little kids you know the first second third kid because that can be hard but maybe when you've got um the caboose you know who's six years old the other brothers can take care of it, babysit but my parents would go out every saturday night and they dress up for the occasion this is the 60s right early 70s so uh, fashions back then were kind of like uh, clark Gable guys would wear suits and they'd put a kerchief in their pocket and women would do up their hair and they'd wear white gloves and all that they'd go to the same restaurant uh, week after week. Tarney's restaurant, the corner of forty-five and eighty-three in uh in in Mundeline where I grew up. I'd always bring a doggy back back. And I remember um, they'd make dinner for us and before they left they would say, Okay, we're gonna be gone for three hours. Don't burn the house down. And we're thinking, wow, you can do a lot and still not burn the house down. You know, it was a lot of fun yeah, for very us. Very low it
0: was bar, bar that <laughs>
2: our night in. It was their night out. We were happy for them and at some level they were projecting a very important message to all the kids in the family and that is that their relationship was the most important relationship in the family and the kids somehow uh, participated in all that and that if they took care of their own relationship, everything else would go fine. So that just sent a, a clear message. I couldn't articulate it as a kid. I just accepted, OK, this is what you do. This is what people do and they're married and that's mom and dad and their husband and wife and they get to go out to a restaurant every Saturday night and spend time with each other. They really looked forward to it. I don't know if they were looking forward to being with each other, just look forward to being away from the kids, probably both, right? Um, But that was kind of like clockwork. Now, there are all sorts of other important uh, rules in the book, but I don't know how many married couples I've counseled over the years who are having difficulty. And I'll say, when was the last time you guys went out on a date? And they may say, oh, I think it's been years. You know, okay, well then let's wind the clock back. When was the last time you two were happy? And you get to a point where they can say they're happy and you can piece that together and kind of open their eyes because life can take over and uh, things can crowd it out and then people go in different directions. That's the, that's the problem, right? You really have to work on keeping people together. Right? Marriage is where two shall become one flesh. And that's what I also suggest in the book. Try to go to bed at the same time. I learned this from friends of mine who told me that's very important. I said, why is that important to go to bed at the same time? He said, because that's when you talk. That's when you really talk. You go to bed at the same time. And you get up at the same time, and you're kind of living the same rhythm. Now, that can be really hard if you haven't learned to do it from the get-go. And so I encourage people to kind of do it from the get-go. And um, the two shall become one flesh, and you need to really kind of Work on that, and that leads to communication. Communication leads to understanding. Understanding leads to, um, you know, that that leads that leads to the to the love that you're looking for. I remember um, years ago, I was um, invited to, to uh, uh, preside at a, at a marriage, a young couple. And usually, what I do is I take them out for dinner beforehand, get to know them very well. And I I said, you guys have any doubts, any misgivings, any. Um, issues from your parents and the fellow said, my parents think um, I'm too young to get married. I said, how old are you? He said, I'm I'm 26 and, um, and and the, the girl is no, he was 24 and she was 22. He was from a family of six kids and she was a family of 14 kids. Hmm. This is interesting. Yeah. And I said, um, they think you're too young. Yes. that We haven't had enough marriage preparation yet. And I thought about it. I said, um, your parents have been married for um, your whole lifetime. And, and I said to her, your parents married for your whole lifetime. There's no divorce there. And I said, combined, that's 46 years of marriage preparation you've had. You've been watching it day in, day out. That's your best marriage preparation, mm-hmm. watching your parents, learning from them, talking to them, getting their advice, getting their counsel. And… Um, you know, So that that's a very, very important uh, factor in terms of the marriage preparation. You know, And then um, I remember saying to her, I said, 14 kids in the family, do you have your own bedroom? She said, no, I share it <laughs> with two of my sisters. Right. I said, well, you're moving up. You're moving from a triple and you're going to get married. Now you live in a double. You're moving up. That's great. No, I, I remember – I.
0: I don't know when this was, Father, but you and I were having a conversation and you made a comment that stuck with me. And it was something, somehow we were talking about, you know, just families and marriage and... Uh, you had said, "Yeah, you know, you're you're able to go home and have dinner with your family every night, right?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, we make it a point to try and have dinner every night as a family, even if you know it gets Huge. pushed late or gets you know Huge. set early." And you said, "Yeah, that that right there is probably one of the key things that." Will keep your marriage strong because so many people they go off on their own individual paths and they just don't stay connected. That communication, um, that's actually, I think, out of it's about a third of the book that you have here, a third of those rules are all just geared toward the oh, husband and wife absolutely. and just that communication that's happening in that friendship. Yeah.
2: Yep. It's all about communication. So another one, and I learned these from friends of mine in Akron who were part of a charismatic covenant community called, I think it was Bread of Life at the time. Very um, impressive, and uh, people of high integrity. And in their community, I don't know, dozens of couples and all that. There were there was not one single divorce. Right? This is the early '90s. This isn't 1950. This is early '90s. Not one single divorce. I said, man, what is the secret? What do they do here? And so One of their secrets is that married couples have a business meeting each week, maybe on a Saturday morning. Husband and wife go off to the local McDonald's and, and they get a cup of coffee. It doesn't have to be expensive. They bring their yellow legal pad and, and a ballpoint pen and they discuss the business of the family. What's the business of the family? Well, it's the house, it's the mortgage, it's the budget, it's the calendar, it's the health care. It's the um, planning for future education. It's uh, the needs of each child. It's, you know, the business of the family where husband and wife work together as a team of how they're going to raise the family, help the family, lead the family, and all of that. It doesn't sound very romantic, but it brings people together working together. And it's a great thing.
0: So the first two. Uh, rules in your book, they really deal more with people who are looking to get married and that, um, I, I, I'm just going to recommend, get your own free copy of the book. Again, the book we're talking about with Father Rocky, Relevant Radio CEO and chairman of the board. Uh, the book is called Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By. And you can get your free copy by going to RelevantRadio.com or by going to the Relevant Radio app, click on the banner, register. It's absolutely free. You don't even have to pay for shipping. Um, so those first two written for couples who are just on the road to marriage. The third rule, mm-hmm. you spent a lot of time on this third rule. Um, I, I think that that one really might have stood. Well, okay, I'll say one other thing. One other thing stood out to me, and this is just a complete aside. It has nothing really to do with marriage you and your brothers apparently like to jump off of a lot of high things. You talk about (laughs) um, when your parents would go out on the weekly date, you'd all have kind of these competitions who could, you know, jump off the stairs or, you know, a piece of furniture, the highest. There was one point where your parents went on a vacation, first vacation they'd had in a long time. And I think it was uh, an older brother dislocated a shoulder.
2: (laughs) So you got
0: it. You and your brothers like to be airborne. But um, the third rule, don't use artificial contraception. and that's a show that's a, that's a topic we could do an entire show on. but sure, can we sure. talk about just the importance of keeping your marriage good, good, good. open to life, understanding the the way that that intimacy is really ordered in marriage?
2: right, great. and thanks for bringing that up. so um, some of the pieces of advice here are turn off for people. I realize that, but in all honesty, I have to share what I know with people. So I've done the studies on this, and I see the correlation between pre- certain practices and certain breakup of, of marriage. So one of the first rules is try to find someone with similar values. And um, dating uh, websites can be helpful in this, like eHarmony and Catholic uh, exchange- Match dot and things like that. Because you have to write a little bit about yourself, what kind of person you're looking for, what's important to you. You know, you approach this as not just a, a question of infatuation. Um, but uh, a serious uh, a decision that you have to make. So try to find someone of similar values. And then I say avoid, um, if at all possible, living together before you get married or what we call cohabitation because that's a very negative impact or high risk for falling apart because if you cohabitate, normally you don't get in the habit of making sacrifices before marriage. You don't get in the habit of waiting for things. And I want to get on the artificial birth control thing um, it really comes down to communication because the mechanism of a chemical artificial birth control is the married couple doesn't have to communicate with each other. They simply can use each other, right? Whereas if you use natural family planning because you might not be in the moment uh, there would it be prudent to have a child, you have to communicate with each other. You have to work with each other. You have to talk to each other. And um, that communication keeps you together. So what about being open to life? Well, that's one of the essential properties of marriage. And For this reason, a man should leave his uh, mother and father and cling to his wife, the two shall become one flesh. And the very first commandment God gave us was be fruitful and multiply. God wants us to um, have children. It's not a question of having as many children as possible. It's a question of being open to life and being um, generous and raising. And, And some people it's easier, and for other people, it might be very difficult. Some people get no children. Some people get lots of children. But what we want to do is have this faith in God and trust in God that sex is for procreation, not recreation. That's the fundamental principle there. The sex is for others. It's not just for myself. And it's a very powerful um, gift and uh, potency that God has given us, and it's so powerful that it needs to be protected within the sacrament of marriage and bonds two people together for a lifetime. And so the church has tremendous wisdom on this, tremendous wisdom. And I I do understand for some people it could be really turn off because they hear don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. But if we um, look at it a little bit more deeply, we realize that the rules and regulations can actually be a blessing. So I would always often ist- illustrate this point for my high school students when I was teaching them a little bit about moral theology. I said, let's, you have a, let's say you've got a uh, race car and you're speeding down Highway 1 in Southern California, tucked in between the coast and the mountain on this road that has S-curves. And let's say there's a guardrail on that road. There's a restriction, there's a rule, there's a regulation. Are you more free or less free? You're more free to reach your destination safely You're less free to drive that car off the road and into the sea and kill yourself. I said the same thing it is with God's moral law. You're less free to hurt yourself. You're more free to reach your destination safely and securely and freely. So I put that out there. I know for some people it's a turn off. And unfortunately, in some Catholic pre-canic programs, for that reason, they don't. Um, uh, give the book out i think that's a shame yeah and that's why i think people should read this as soon as boys begin to like girls and girls like to like boys and as soon as it's time for them to know about the birds and the bees they let they let they that they know where this is leading to and i was very blessed as a teenager um, that I had a priest of Opus Dei who was my confessor. He helped me go to confession. I felt completely comfortable with him. And, uh, you know, my teenage years, I asked him very blunt questions. How how else can a teacher, teenager do it about boys and girls and behavior? I'm trying to be rather delicate in how I say it. But I remember he said, With your girlfriend, you could do anything with her that you would do in front of your own mother. And I said, Oh wow. That's you know, why you mother, became a priest. You, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He said, You know I said, you know my mother, Father George said exactly. I said, Wow, that's that's not much.
3: Yeah. And it,
2: it got me to thinking, okay, what am I pursuing in this relationship? Where is this headed? You know, my main my head been brainwashed by the T V series and the movies and Hollywood about, you know, relationships between boy and girls all about romantic love and yeah. infatuation. It's it's not about a serious future, and it really, it really made me think. You know, because I went to a public high school, and it was crazy in the seventies. It's crazy today, right? Because yeah. people don't think about right, what am I doing? Where is this going? Where is it leading to? And if it's all about me and my self and my gratification, that's a dead end, right? That leads to sadness. But if it's of joyful service, renunciation servant leadership, letting others go first, um, not puffing our chest and becoming proud, look at me, uh, then then you're on the road to true happiness and freedom. And marriage is built for that. Well, there's
0: also, I think, the aspect of, you know, we, when we fall in love, where there's that initial romance, that infatuation, and when you are first married, you know, in that honeymoon stage there, you might say something like, oh, I love everything about you. I love, you know, there, there's there's nothing that I don't love about you. But if you are using artificial contraception, you're saying, well, I love everything about you except your fertility. That's the thing I don't love. That's the thing I don't want. Uh, you know, I want everything else, but I don't want that. And and that's just, it's lying through y- the way that you're acting there in a marriage relationship.
2: You're- you're exactly right and that's brave and courageous for you to say that i know it may offend people to hear that but deep deep down we all know that's true right we all know that's true and that's why these things are done in secret And we've got so much to share with the church here and you and your wife have just a magnificent story to tell of your openness to life and i've been over to your honest before i see the joy there i see the pictures of your family and your office and i just kind of rejoice and i i know no matter how crazy the world we're living in, the best vaccine, if I can use that term today, to inoculate yourself from this crazy culture we live in, is a healthy family. It's ninety-eight percent of it, right there, and um, that's where they find love and service and fidelity and commitment and honesty and integrity and in the things that really last. and 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 God has blessed you. Your youngest child has special needs. And you have already discovered uh, that this is the child to bring you uh, the most joy in your life. Oh, absolutely. We had a girl call up the other week who I remember she needed a heart transplant or surgery when she was six months old. She was born with Down syndrome. I went to bless her and her mother. And, And she's now in her 20s. She's working at the local store. She lives with her parents and she brings joy and a smile to every single person she meets. And what a, what a blessing. And our, our culture doesn't see that as a blessing.
0: Yeah. Father, we've only got a, a minute or so here before you need to well, go. Well, that went fast. Yeah, <laughs> it did. But uh, last few aspects of what you have in the book. Uh, again, it's absolutely free at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. But go to Mass Weekly, go to Confession Monthly, and say, I love you every day. Uh, very, very basic things. I mean, things that— Basic stuff. yeah. These, aren't, Real these aren't groundbreaking rules, but right. uh, do you come across a lot of couples who just don't say, I love you every day?
2: I'd have to ask them. You know, it's you remember that movie, uh, Fiddler on the Roof? Uh, oh, it was yeah, Young. Yeah. All right. right. <clears throat> so um, the kids have moved on. They're sitting around the kitchen table, and it's just themselves there. It's the mm-hmm. empty nest. And he says, uh, Goldie, do you love me? And she's clearly uncomfortable with that question. Like, what a stupid question. <laughs> And he asks again, Goldie, do you love me? And she puts her knitting down. She said, Look, for 25 years I've cooked for you. For 25 years I've cleaned for you. For 25 years I've darned your socks. If that isn't love, what is? All right. So there's there's a deep message there. Love is shown by service. So it's not enough just to say the words. Um, Some cultures are more emphatic that way. Um, Others are less. Um, But in in one way or another, we, we need to express that I love you, and it's good to get that out there.
0: Father Aki, thanks so much for joining us here on The Inner Life today. Again, as I said, I know you need to go get ready to celebrate Mass coming up here in about 12 minutes. And uh, really appreciate – again, I'm going to just throw out if anybody is interested in getting the book, it's absolutely free at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Click the banner. You'll see it there for Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By. Thanks again, Father. Hey, thank you, Josh. God bless you. All right. and. I'm also going to throw out the phone number because we do have time remaining here and we've got a number of you who've called in and I'd still like to talk with you and be able to share what has worked, what has helped you to remain happy and healthy in your marriage. Maybe you went through a rough patch and you've come through it and you say, you know what, our, our, our marriage, our relationship, it's better than ever. What advice would you give to newlyweds or to an engaged couple who are just starting out on that road to marriage? Uh, what would be the top one or two things that you would recommend that they do in their life? Uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 888-914-9149, 914 9149 and we'll uh, take more of your phone calls here in just a moment on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio Studio Line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit relevantradio.com/forester.
1: Love and marriage, love and marriage go together like a horse and carriage. This I tell you, brother, you can't have one Without the other. Thank you, Mr.
0: Sinatra there. And hi, I'm Josh Raymond. Welcome back to The Inner Life. And taking your phone calls right now, what are some of the things that have really helped you in your marriage, especially if you've been married for 30, 40, 50 years or more? What would you recommend to somebody as maybe some of the best advice you could give if they're just starting out? What are some things that have helped you remain happy and healthy in your marriage? Our studio line, 888-914-9149. And let's go to Therese. Therese, listening in uh, the great state of Illinois. Hi, Therese. What's helped you in your marriage?
3: Well, my husband and I are nearly forty years married, and the first twelve years of our life um, together as a married couple was not really that good. We were married in the church, but you know, at the at the time we were married. Um, You know, Catholic people, people that we considered to be good Catholics, you know, practice contraception. So we did, too. And we had a couple kids, but it was kind of like, you know, we were planning, you know, when we would get pregnant and stuff like that. But our married life together was not good. I mean, we fought a lot. I would have to say, um, you know, we weren't really united as a couple. And then I had a reversion and came to know what the church taught about contraception. So we stopped using contraception and what it's been another 28 years, it's great. I mean, we, we really have a really wonderful relationship. Um, it, it really matters, I would say to any young couple Live as the church teaches you to live. If you want your marriage to thrive, if you want your marriage to last, and if you really want to stay close together, just don't don't practice artificial contraception.
0: Once you made that switch, once you had your rever- reversion trees, uh, did you uh, did that help with opening doors of communication with you and your husband then?
3: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because, um, you know, the the church teaches you don't have to have children. Like, you don't have to completely say um, we're open to life continually. It's a continual discernment. Does the Lord want us to be open at this time? I mean, there are various situations that married couples might encounter that might make it such that it's not prudent for them to conceive a child like say if you know the wife has cancer or something like that and she's not pregnant maybe it's not the best time for her to be open to life so you know you you will live your um unitive aspect of your married life according to what you discern at that particular time and in order to you know, discern. You have to be together. You have to be communicating, and you need to be praying together, you know, because it's a prayerful discernment. So, yeah, yeah you really do have to um, communicate, and, and, and you treat each other differently. I mean, it's just you're not using each other. You're kind of—it's it, it, just there. there's a beauty that didn't exist in um, in our—
0: marital acts before Teresa, my I, reversion. I, I'm so glad you called in. Thank you. And I, I really appreciate what you said there about uh, prayerful discernment there uh, as you're talking about being open to life. Tina's also listening. She's called in from South Jersey. Hi, Tina. Thanks for calling in. How have you uh, been able to preserve a happy and healthy marriage in your years of being married? Tina, you there? Looks like uh, we might have lost Tina. Well, let's go to Maria. Maria's calling us from Texas. Hi, Maria. What do you think is good advice for somebody if they're getting married?
1: Well, when we were getting married, before we got married, our church required us to go to a engagement retreat. Uh, we went for three days, and then they gave us advice, and we did different exercises and stuff um, that they taught us. One of the things that that stood out to us that we've been doing or try have been doing is called the 48 hour rule where if some, if one of us uh, does something to the other and says an insulting word or uh, does something that brings sadness to us or, um, well, you know what I mean? Um, we have 48 hours to bring it up. Like if my husband says something offensive or something that I wasn't in agreement with, I have 48 hours to bring it up. And if you don't, if I don't bring it up, I cannot bring it up. Two weeks from now, three weeks from now, a month from now. Okay. No. So. You have it, to resolve it now. But we changed it to a twenty-four hour. Oh wow. And it's it's been fun. I mean, sometimes it's hard to do that, but I mean, I think that's what's kept us strong. It doesn't and allow you to hold a lot.
0: grudges. It sounds like there. Um, right.
1: Yeah, and it it allows us to communicate with each other more and and. Express our feelings instead of like two weeks later you blow up and you bring everything up that you just he just did to you two three weeks ago, even months ago, you know it has really helped us to have that communication and share each other 's feelings and and not and just try not to hurt each other you know just try to keep everything peaceful
0: yeah i think that's that 's great advice there Maria, uh, not holding mm-hmm. those grudges. thanks so much for calling in today, and uh, also wanted to share. An email that we just received from Linda listening in Kansas, she said, My biggest advice to young couples, pick your battles wisely. Some things are just not worth fighting over. And I need to remind myself of for better or worse on the really bad days. Thank goodness those bad days aren't very often. Uh, So pick your battles. That's the advice from Linda who wrote in to us. And we're down to the end of the hour. I'm sorry I couldn't get uh, the rest of the phone calls on there. But thanks for listening as we were talking about marriage. And again, that marriage insurance book, absolutely free if you'd like to get it today. And it's not going to be available after this weekend. So please uh, respond right now. Go to RelevantRadio.com or the Relevant Radio app. You can click the banner for Marriage Insurance, 12 Rules to Live By. The book's absolutely free. We'll send it out to you in a few weeks. And I want to encourage you to stay tuned for Mass with Father Rock coming up next here. And we look forward to seeing you on Monday back again here on The Inner Life. Hope you have a blessed weekend.